Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, please email us at info at If you would like to support this ministry financially, visit us at capitalchristian.com and click the Give button in the top right corner. Hooked you up. Come on. <laughs> My words are powerful. One year from now, you'll be married. No, and you're going, yes. <laughs> you know? I've been waiting for 30 years, you know, and so... This uh, last summer, I was driving on the Pacific Coast Highway, and if you don't believe in heaven, you should at least take a drive on the Pacific Coast Highway because you'll see what you're going to miss. And uh, God came into my car, and I had a God experience. And this will shock some people. God spoke to me. Now, spiritual people would say I had an impression, an aha moment, or I had a premonition, but... God began to speak. And I want you to know God does speak. He's a communicating God. And I do not believe that people initiate prayer. God is the initiator of prayer. And prayer isn't just a a monologue. It's a dialogue where God speaks and we listen. And in the car, he filled the car and his voice was so clear and strong, it was pretty much audible. And really, even my body was tingling and I knew God was so good and so real. And he asked me a question. He said, do you think I'm big? And emphatically, instantly, I said, yes, Lord. And two songs came to my mind. One was, how great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? And the other one, my God is bigger than any mountain or any problem that I can or cannot see. And he said, Jude, if you think I'm that big, and I realized what he was trying to tell me at that moment, that worship is not 15 or 20 minutes of a service once a week. But worship begins really not only in the heart, but in the way I think about God. He said, if you think I'm that big, why are your thoughts so small, your faith or believing so little, and your life so natural? He said, Jude, your life will never go beyond your faith or your believing. In any area of your life that's small, restricted, that you're not happy or fulfilled or pleased with, it's because your believing is limited or small. And he says, your faith is directly connected to your thinking. He said, I want you to begin to think big, believe big, and live big. He said, in 2018, your life is going to expand. He said, because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And and really, so we began the year just with thinking big. And we just got into a series. We began to reflect about the creed, the ancient creeds, where it speaks about eternal life, baptism, the Lord's table, uh, also uh, lordship and the Holy Spirit. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's a big deal. Look at your other neighbor say, you are a big deal. And for us, I believe not only in California, but here in Capitol, we believe as a community, we want a desire to know what is important to God, why is it important to God, and how can it impact our life. And the Holy Spirit is important to God because the Holy Spirit is God. Now, Today in our culture, there are many misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Some people think the Holy Spirit is supernatural energy or an impersonal force or a mystical power. And even even in Christendom, some people call the Holy Spirit it. Yet the Holy Spirit is God. And we believe in a triune God, which simply means that God is one. He's one essence, but he has three distinct divine personalities. And if you know these, say it with me. He is Father, he is Son, he is Holy Spirit. And they're equally God and equally Lord. And I love, again, the ancient creeds that says this, the Holy Spirit is the Lord. Get this next one. And the giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son and with 
the Father and Son is worshiped and glorified. Today, we hardly hear anything about the Holy Spirit, but yet the Bible, I mean, this creed says that he is equally God and Lord, and he should be equally glorified and worshiped. And you may say, why is the Holy Spirit a big deal? Look at your neighbor and say, it's a big deal. I don't know why I just sound like I came from Texas, but probably because Chris worships the Dallas Cowboys, which is an abomination, a desecration. <laughs> so that evil spirit trying to just come on me right now. I rebuke that, okay? Now, the Holy Spirit is a big deal. Now, get this, because he reveals, I want to say this, or he shows us the presence of God, but not only the presence of God, but he enables us. Everyone say show. Yes. Say enable. He enables us to interact with God. Like maybe you looked at the first of the final game. I am not pulling for old King James. I read the new King James. Are you with me? I'm pulling for Golden State. I have any witnesses out there. Now, look, we could watch it. We could even go to a game, but we're not participating on that court. We are only spectating. And when we come to a gathering like this, this is where we experience God together. But the reason why the Holy Spirit is important, because it is he that enables us. He not only shows us God, he enables us to literally experience the life of God to make us holy, to empower us, and to guide us that we could live a life with God, and that is a big life. Can you say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, go big, go home. Now, if you have your Bibles, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for you and me, turn to Luke chapter 24, and we're going to look at verse 49. Again, will you look at your neighbor and just say, you're a big deal. If you really have it bad for someone and they're sitting in another row, text them, say, you know you're a big deal. Okay. I'm feeling marriage on the horizon. Amen. This is Jesus, and we know it's the words of Jesus because when he spoke, words came out in red. It says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but Terry, wait. Stay, abide in the city of Boise until you are endued with power from on high. Everyone say endued. Now go with me to Acts 1.8. And before you do, the promise is promised in uh, the blogger, the prophet Joel in 2.28 and 29. It says, it shall come to pass after that I will pour out my spirit on everybody. I'm just going to trash the entire planet with my presence. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Also on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So white collar workers, blue collar workers, everyone's going to begin to experience the presence of God and interact with God. Now, Acts 1.8 says this, but you shall receive power. Everyone say power. No, we don't achieve power, we receive power. And today we're going to open up our hearts and have a God experience where we receive literally the ability to interact with God. And it says, has come upon you and you shall be witnessing. We're not going to do witnessing, but we shall be witnesses in all of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. Go to one more scriptures. It's one of my favorite scriptures, Psalms 51. We're going to read 10 through 12, and I pray this often, and it really is a great scripture. 
on the person and the agency of the Holy Spirit. And here we go. David says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Everyone say, it's a big deal. You know, it's amazing. The Holy Spirit did not come, and he's not here today, and he is here today, to make bad people good, to make good people gooder. I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to go with it. You see, the Holy Spirit came to make dead people alive. And you see, Ephesians 2, 1 says this, you once were dead in your trespasses and sin, but now he has made you alive. The first thing that the agency in the person of the Holy Spirit does, he makes us alive. You see, dead things cannot interact with something that's living. This is a great table. That's a great guitar. That's a great synthesizer. Those are great drums. However, they're dead. Therefore, they cannot interact with something that is living. The agency of the Holy Spirit, he comes and he makes us alive. Now, what I love about this in Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. Darkness hovered over the face of the deep, but the Spirit of God, verse 2, began to hover over the earth, and all of a sudden, the earth is reborn, recreated, remade. Why? That's the first thing that the Spirit does. He brings life out of death. Now, there are two Hebrew words for create. Now, where it says, in the beginning, God created, that means God created something out of nothing. That in the Hebrew word, and I'm just going to try to sound smart by telling you this Hebrew word, uh, is bara, B-A-R-A, which means to create something out of nothing. But in the Genesis account, when he made man, he took dirt from the ground, he took something and made man out of the dirt. And so it's a different Hebrew word. So you see, ladies, all men are is dirt. They got black dirt, brown dirt, red dirt, yellow dirt, white dirt that wishes they were black dirt, so they get a spray tan and they become orange dirt. Look at your neighbor and say, you're dirty. Now, you see, whatever you're made from, that's what you like to get involved with, and that's why men like to get dirty. They get in the mud. Now, women, they weren't made from the dirt. They were made from refined dirt. That's why they glisten and they never sweat. Come on. And that's why women know how to work men, because they came from the man. Now, get this. In the Bible, it says that God created something out of nothing. I had nothing to do with this regeneration. God quickened me. He moved upon my heart. And something supernatural began. And it's happening right now, even in this service. That you're here, it shows that God is quickening you where you're going to begin to respond to God. The next thing that God does, and I really, really love this, is that he makes us holy. Now, I want you to just say the word holy. holy. Oh, the way you say it makes me laugh. It sounds like you're from Texas. You went, holy, you know. A lot of times, okay, we, okay, when I first became a believer, we went to a real strict church. You're not going to believe this. It was one of those radical kind of Pentecostal churches where they did crazy things, you know. And, um, you know, baptism was Wednesday night. You know, tongues was Sunday night. I mean, they had a night for everything, you know. And, but I remember I wanted to go to the cinema. And they go, no, you are holy. If you go to the cinema, you will sin more, you know. And there was, it's like, so you can't go to the movies? They said, nope. If you go to the movies, if the rapture comes, you will be left behind. 
Now, if you don't know what rapture is, that's when Jesus, like, Star Trek, beam them up, Jesus. You know, where did they go? I'm left behind. I'm in the movies, you know. I kid you not, I, I remember going to the movies and saying, Jesus, please, I prayed for the rapture not to the come, uh, come twice in the movies and when I was single. I said, God, please do not come a second time till I get married. I want to have sex before you come back. <laughs> Is there any single people that ever prayed that? Lord, please, let me just have sex before I go to heaven. Come on. <laughs> kid you not. Kid you not. Now, listen, we couldn't even go to the carnival. And you know why? They'd say this, these holiness people, and I love them. But their idea of holy was pretty much you don't do this and you don't do that. You can't go to the carnival. And they literally said this because it's carnival. It's carnality and it's evil. And I go, oh, gosh, I, I like it, you know. <laughs> now, let me tell you this. Holy literally is this. It means uncommon. To be unholy means you are common. Let's say it another way. To be holy, you literally are like China or your favorite cup. To be unholy, you become a paper cup or a paper plate that can be used and thrown away. It has no value. You see, holy also means to be consistent with the way you design or design. So for example, a very holy use of a saw is to cut wood. An unholy use of a saw is to put toothpaste on it and brush your teeth. It would become a hazard. I cannot believe I just brought Fire Marshal Bill back. That's dumb, okay? <laughs> unholy, unholy. Everyone say holy. Say it again. Now, you guys, you may not know this bit. I'm a little bit OCD. <laughs> this person over there goes, yeah, I could tell that. Well, you too, you know. I kid you not, I, I'm a creature of habit. So in the morning when I get up, uh, we have about 25 coffee mugs in our house. But why is it? I, I have one. I have eyes just for one. It's a very holy mug. It's an uncommon mug. It's my mug. And, and I don't want to use any of the other mugs. Now, when the boys were in the house, we're now empty nesters, uh, it, they, would, oh, they didn't care. They would just use my mug. And it was unholy that they did that, devils. <laughs> but now it's just Becky and I. And the other morning, I'm a creature of habit. I got up and before the sun got up, I want to pray. And, and so we made the coffee, and I go to get my mug. And I'm not joking you. The devil became incarnate, got my mug, and moved it. And I went downstairs because my wife has a she shed. She has a woman cave. Now, I don't know why she needs that. The whole house is hers. I need a man cave, you know? I could get some me time and I go down there and the devil is a liar. My favorite Starbucks cup is down there. It has coffee in it. She had half and half in her drink because it sat there for at least 24 hours. It turned to cottage cheese. <laughs> it had a paper wrap and I thought, that is unholy. <laughs> that is so foul. I cannot believe that. Can I say it right now? You see, I don't have the ability, just like that cup, to clean the inside of the cup. And a lot of times when people come to church and they hang out at Capitol or churches across our land, they think being a Christian is literally acting a certain way. And then they start trying to work on the outside of the cup. I say it's the Holy Spirit's job to clean the inside of the cup. And when he cleans the inside of the cup, then the outside of the cup is going to be clean. Too often we try to design our own mug, personal life, and get it in order. But yet only God has the power to take clean. I mean, clean out of unclean. Can you say amen? amen? And I love what David said in Psalms 51. Let's put the words back up there. Create in me. 
Now, it's not the Hebrew word where you take dirt and make something better out of it. God did not come to take my dirt to make better dirt out of it. Christianity is not taking our dirt and bringing it through a car wash because then it's just wet dirt and that's muddy. Jesus Christ came to make unholy people holy. Come on. And guess what David is saying? God, bara, creating me holiness where there is no holiness. He committed murder. He committed adultery. The two big no-nos in the Ten Commandments, yet he violated them. And you know what he's saying? I have no ability within myself to make myself holy. I have tried to be holy. And the more I try to be holy, the more unholy I become. I mean, like the other day, I was just trying. Have you ever tried to have the fruit of the Spirit? Don't you hate those Christians who naturally exhibit that? You know, they kind of talk like this, you know, and it's like, I go, hi, you know, and it's like, I want that so bad. But the other day I was driving and this lady took my parking spot and she gave me the fickle finger award. (laughs) Unholy. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to tell you what came out of my mouth. (laughs) Pastor Ken, I so want to be like you. No, I didn't say bless you. I didn't say, oh, God bless you, sister. I said something else. And my wife was in the car. She goes, Pastor Jude. (laughs) You know what she's saying? You just moved the coffee mug again, and it has foreign material in it. Come on. I love what the book of Job says. Can a clean thing come out of an unclean thing? No. Not unless the Holy Spirit comes on. Get this. Comes on us comes in us, goes through us. He is the agent. Now, he could have been the mighty spirit, the powerful spirit, the gracious spirit. He is, please say this with me, the, not a, say the Holy Spirit. Let's do it again. The Holy Spirit. Why? Okay, I'll do it in Spanish. Por qué? <laughs> because that's who he is and that's what he does. So many times in the last 10, 20 years, maybe 100 years, people would ask the question, do you have the Holy Spirit? And then they begin to defer to one of the gifts of the Spirit to see if that, that's one of the signs. Can I tell you the number one sign the Spirit of God moves in is that there is a holiness. Now, listen to me. Hear me. I cannot make myself holy. God says I'm holy, but to interact with God, I have to be holy, yet I am unholy. I'm like a cup that God loves, and I'm not cheap, and I'm not common and neither are you. And you know why they call it holy matrimony? Because marriage should not be like any other relationship or fantasy or hookup. It is holy. It is uncommon. It is set apart. Come on, can you say amen? And it's crazy good. But yet he comes in and he begins to make me holy. And I want you to write this statement down. When I try to be holy, I become unholy. The other day, someone in our church was struggling and I don't know about you, I started judging it. I can't even believe it. How can they be a believer struggling with this? A few days later, I begin to have a similar temptation. And the Spirit of God impressed on my mind. He says, every time you think you're better than other people and that you don't need a Savior, I have to remind you that you were dead and you were a sinner. But I have great news for you, Jude Fuquay. I am a better Savior than you are a sinner. Come on. I mean, when that woman took my parking spot, Right now, I said, Jesus, you better come and save me. That's your job, or I'm going to key her car right now. (laughs) Save me, Jesus. Save me from me, Lord. Good God. Everyone shout out holy. Holy. It doesn't mean we're unfriendly, uptight, weird, talking to a weird voice. It means that God has moved into the neighborhood. You know what humbles me? 
One time someone says, yes, my sin humbles me. No, my sin humiliates me. I'll tell you what humbles me. Why would God move into this shanty town? Why would God move into this fixer-upper? Because that's who the Holy Spirit is. He moves in and he takes something very common. He came into my neighborhood. And it wasn't a nice neighborhood. And I remind him often, you knew what you got when you got me. And God, you knew me from the bottom. And you still chose me. And you love me to the stars. And that humbles me. Come on. Several years ago, I had the honor and privilege to lead the number two porn distributor in the world to Jesus Christ. The name of one of his company was called The Devil's Films. Oh. <laughs> Kid you not, he had a problem deleting porn off his phone. He watched it, and he got embarrassed. He got shame. I said, come on, I'll take you to lunch. And I said, you know what? I, I have something that I've never told you about. I have some power and substance. He thought I was talking about cocaine. He goes, are you on cocaine? I go, not like you think. No, I says, I, I'm snorting the word of God, line upon line. Come on. Come on, lighten up, Idaho. My gosh. <laughs> Lord, be with the Golden State Warriors today. Come on, Lord. Ohio, nothing good can come out of there. Amen. So we came. I said, come in my car. I read Acts 2, Acts 1, Acts 10, all about the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, the, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit is a big deal because he makes you holy and can I say right now maybe you have never drank or smoked or did anything but compared to God you're a polluted cup and only God can make something clean come out of an unclean thing and David didn't use the Hebrew word something out of something saying God I've ruined it there is now nothing I can offer you now come and create holiness creating me a clean heart, oh God. Get this next one. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. God, when I want to get volatile and react because I'm hangry. Have you ever done that? You, you just went off because you're hangry, angry, and hungry? And blame it on food? I love blaming anger on food. Then he says this. Do not take your presence from me and cast me not. Don't cast me away from your present. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Why? Because without the Holy Spirit, we cannot be quickened. We cannot interact with God. We cannot be made holy. So I told this guy, the porn dude, about uh, the Holy Spirit, and we prayed. That afternoon, he had a God experience, and he began to experience some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Three days later, he came and says, they're gone. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, every one of those images are gone. Can I tell you, if you're a dude in here or a gal, I don't know, you could break someone's color, you could steal someone's lunchable in first grade, and you're going to forget about it. But if you've seen an image that is not common to man to see, sometimes it's almost impossible to get rid of. I just had lunch with him. It's been three and a half years. He said, I still haven't deleted history on my phone. He said, I can't believe the man I am. He said, I don't curse. I don't look at porn. He says, my mind has changed. My life has changed. Why? Because God has moved into the neighborhood. Come on. And he's holy and he's uncommon. And he takes that which is common and makes it unique and beautiful. Can you say amen? amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a big deal. Look at your other and say, you're holy. Oh, ho. 
Okay, this next one, and this next one's really, really cool. He helps us interact with God. He enables, number one, not only by quickening us, not only by making us holy, write this down, but he comes and he empowers us. And so Luke 24, 49, Jesus says, stay in this city until you're endued with power. Now, in the 90s, one of my son's favorite movie was Like Mike. And that's when little Bow Wow, who is the cousin of Snoop Dogg, and he's not a veterinarian, he's an artist, you didn't know that. And little Bow Wow, who sometimes I call baby Bow Wow, uh, who had a mama Bow Wow. And uh, anyway, uh, he wanted to be a basketball player. So he prayed. And they had some shoes that supposedly in the movie were shoes from Michael Jordan. They were struck by lightning. He put the shoes on, and all of a sudden he becomes this incredible NBA player. And oftentimes I used to think when it says endued with power from on high, that I would kind of put on the Holy Spirit or put on Jesus. And there is scriptural room for that because Ephesians 4 says, put off the old shirt, put on the new shirt. But you see, we almost think that it's us putting off, putting on, putting off, putting on. But actually, a better way, and you see in the movie, someone took little Bow Wow shoes, who's the cousin of Snoop Dogg, who's not a veterinarian, he's a rap artist. And when they stole the shoes, then he didn't have the power. And you see, I think sometimes we think, if we have a bad day, the enemy attacked us, maybe our faith is low, then we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite pictures of my son, Jake, he loves baseball still to this day, and he would play baseball by himself. I'd come home, he'd have the Mariner jersey. He would hit the ball. He'd take the Mariner jersey off. He'd put on the Yankee jersey. He'd run. He'd get the ball. Then he'd throw it back. He'd catch the ball. He'd tag himself out, and he did his own announcing. <laughs> now, I want you to think about his baseball glove. His baseball glove has no power to catch a ball. But yet an amazing hand of an athlete comes into something that has no power and animates that. Can I tell you right now, all I am is a baseball glove. And you say, how can you have such an extraordinary life? Because I didn't just put God on, God put me on. Come on. And with God in our lives, we're going to have a big life. We're going to think big, believe big, and we're going to live big. Can you say amen? It's the Holy Spirit that animates us. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Look at your neighbor say it's a big deal. Now, get this. This is my favorite, favorite one. Not only does he quicken us, and it's happening right now. There are people in this room, and you, maybe you already are a believer, but yet there's a part of your heart that literally I remember when Becky and I miscarried, a part of me began to die, and I didn't want to believe God anymore. When my parents passed away, when my pastor passed away seven years ago, I, something in me began to shrivel up, and I began to say, I will never pray for someone who has cancer again. It just shriveled up. And then what would happen 18 months after my dear pastor Wendell passed away, my wife would be diagnosed with a lymphoma. Then all of a sudden, in that hell, in that darkness, there's the most beautiful person in all the world. And I believe what we need in the Treasure Valley, in Idaho, in our nation, in our generation, is a person in the agency of the Holy Spirit. Because when there are parts of me and my faith and my heart that dies, he comes in, he quickens, and he makes alive. I stand before you today. My wife is now five and a half years cancer-free. She's not only cancer-free, a year after she went through treatment, God says, now I want you to pray for people 
who have lymphoma. Right now in my prayer journal, there's seven that are cancer-free. Frank Damasio. How about the, the, all the other six? They're cancer-free. They do not have lymphoma, lymphoma Rhoda from Australia. Why? Because our God is a living God. Jesus said, I have come not just to forgive you, your boss can forgive you. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. That is our God. Can you say amen? He makes us holy. Now, I want you to write this down. When Christ is my root, let's say it this way. When Jesus' righteousness is my root, holiness becomes my fruit. Every time I try to be holy, I ruin it. I ruin it. But have you ever seen an apple in Washington try to, you know, be an apple? Oh, there's one. That was kind of hard, you know. Or how about a potato here in Idaho? Oh, these potatoes are hard to go. No, they're not. Can I tell you, when Christ's righteousness is our root, holiness naturally becomes our fruit. Can you say amen? amen. Everyone say, stop trying. Start being. Now, this is my favorite, favorite one. He not only makes us alive, makes us holy, empowers us, he guides us. He guides us. And I love the scripture, Romans 8, 14. It says, get this, as many that are led by the spirit of God, this is so, so cool. You need to get this. Many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God, the sons of God, the daughters of God. I'm not talking about just being led in a service. I'm talking about in all our life. I think about, Becky and I, we will be married 32 years in November. God led Jude and Becky together. We were in church, and he sovereignly put us together. And it, God is a leading God. When I was first in ministry in Denver, Colorado, I got really offended. Have you ever gotten offended with someone in church? I mean, you're just sitting right by him, amen. <laughs> you're not a big deal. No, I'm joking. You are. And one of the leaders at the church came, and they said this. They said, uh, God uh, led you here. I says, yes, but he's now driving me away. And they said, that's unscriptural. The devil drives, but God leads. And if God led you here, then it will be a word from God that will lead you away. Seven years ago, we bought a house in Ventura, pretty much on the beach. If this platform is our house, the street right there is the beach outside this auditorium. And people said, you must be a real estate genius. It's like, no, God led us to that house. And right now we have a million dollars equity in that house. You go, man, well, you're in business? No, I was a youth pastor. My salary wasn't ranked in Fortune 500. <laughs> I was led. And we cannot have a big life. We can't think big, believe big, and live big if we're driven by every wind of thought and by our own emotions and feelings, but, but that we are led by the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? We were led to Seattle. We were led to Ventura. I believe Mark and Rochelle have been led to Orange County and to begin Ocean's Church. Not driven, but led. Do you know one of the last commands to the church in, by the, in the book of Revelation, he who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Not only the capital, but what is God saying right now? What is the Holy Spirit saying to all the churches in the Treasure Valley in Boise? And we want to just obey that. God is sovereign. God is providential. I want to say we're in a time in this generation 
that we must have ears to hear what God is saying. And I do not believe we're just spiritists. And you hear people all the time, well, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. We're not, it's not like a Ouija board or like, oh, he's, no, no. Why do we have to be weird about it? It's very organic. It's very natural. It could be in money. It could be in a business. It could be with your children. It could be on a job. Come on. Should we not be the best on our job? Should we not have excelling ideas? Should we not begin to change this city? Can you say amen? We didn't come here to be small, and we didn't come here just to have one campus. We came here not only to build a church, but to build a great city. Come on. Can you say amen? Everyone say led. Say guided. I want the worship team to come up. I want to tell you a story. What's amazing And I used to think that being filled with the Holy Spirit, it was like a bottle of water and that I constantly leaked. And I'm not saying that that's not an appropriate picture. Then I began to think like a great garden hose that maybe had some holes in it or someone kinked it, the devil, carnality, life situation, and they kinked the hose and the water had trouble flowing out. Have you ever heard someone, well, the message didn't have a flow. The service didn't have a flow. I want to flow with my life. The anointing isn't just for a platform in this service. If this is the only time we're anointed and led, then how are we any different? I think I'm beginning to think that it's not the water bottle. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, fill it up. Or a hose that is filled with the great anointing of God. I think it's more like a sailboat. And we pray, we sing songs like, show us your glory. He is. Jesus, Philip asked, Jesus, show us the Father. Jesus said, chump, you seen me, you seen the Father. Jesus said he would go away. They got sad, but he said, I'm going to send another to you. And it's the Holy Spirit who literally breathed on men that wrote the scriptures. And through the scriptures, through Bible reading, we begin to experience the person of the Holy Spirit. And we begin to see God the Father Christ the Son, and he begins to show us, and he enables us to interact with God. But I want to be led by the Holy Spirit every day of my life. I really think when we even begin to say, Lord, come, move, God, move like you want to move. God is already moving. The Holy Spirit right now is moving in Boise. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is moving all over this region. But what is it if the Spirit of God, the wind of God is moving, but yet the sails of our great sailboat are not up? then we will stay in the same place. And I don't want to be five years from now where I'm at right now. I want to have motion. I want to have direction. I want to go where God wants us to go. But to do that, I somehow have to lift the sails. And you know what those sails are? Being aware of the Holy Spirit. Through the Word of God. I want to say this. I think some of us, one of the terms for devotional prayer life is called quiet time. Or maybe we turn off the cell phone. Maybe we begin to meditate on one verse. And we begin to say, God, what what are you putting on my heart? What are you saying? We want to go where you want to go. They have a woman who goes to our church. She's a teacher, a pre-kindergarten teacher of four or five years old, old kids. And she was teaching. And when you're teaching, you have a mission. You have a mission. And a lot of times for me, I miss the leading of the Holy Spirit, like the great sails of a boat. And I'm going to tell you the real reason. I hate being interrupted because my opinions, they're not infallible, but they are amazing. 
And I'm a man on a mission. I, I, I am a good time manager. Years ago, it was a Wednesday. I already finished preparing the sermon to preach in our youth ministry generation church in Seattle. And I had a new Hillsong CD in my car way before MP3. And, and I thought, I want to get a venti mocha frappuccino, whipped cream, chocolate rain. And I'm going to go in there. I'm going to come and sit in my car. And I'm just going to sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the girl who took the order took about 15 minutes to try to figure out the computer register. And so she really interrupted my time. I'm on a mission. I got to feel the Holy Spirit on this sermon. And inside, I'm getting aggravated. And when the Holy Spirit calls me by the phrase, Pastor Jude, the title, I know it's, he goes, Pastor Jude, don't react. Don't, and I'm going, I want to, you know, right now. <laughs> She finally figures it out. And as I'm turning around in my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to ask for your manager. I'm going to get this drink complimentary. And when I turn around, I kid you not, she goes, Pastor Jude? She goes, are you Pastor Jude? <laughs> like my cup, people? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? We can make the cup look so good on the outside and even doing a worship service on a Sunday morning have foreign material in the cup. Jesus didn't come to sparkle the outside of my life. He came to change the inside of my life. Come on. Really, I believe, have you ever heard of this phrase, divine appointments? Now, you know what that means, divine interruptions. I get so disturbed when people interrupt when I'm speaking and there's one who does it all the time <laughs> however I surely don't mind when I interrupt her 100% of the time in fact if you talk with me I'm going to talk loud take over and interrupt you because I think my opinions are great how is it that the men who led in Jesus day they were always on a mission but they always missed a moment don't you know God was missional? He was a man on a mission, but he never missed a moment because he recognized people are the moment. People are the big deal. The Holy Spirit, you'll be driving. He's going to make you drive like your grandmother. Oh, no, take the scenic route. I don't want to, you know. But if you follow him, they'll think you're a gen genius at the end. Okay, back to the teacher, and this is where we are. And I got two minutes to do this. It was her class. She had her plan, and this little boy came in, and she said, what's wrong? I think this is how evangelism should be. You know, you don't need a t-shirt. God's gym, press this, and you look like a number two pencil. Stop it. Some of you don't get that. I'm sorry. I need to just take, my wife said, don't do that. I'm, we're in the serious moment. I need to go into the zone, okay? I'm going to make the shot, Becky. Okay, here it goes. She goes, what's wrong? He goes, I'm sad. And he started crying. She called him by name. She goes, why, why are you so sad today? It's his teacher. She has other students. She has a lesson. She has one. He goes, I left home today and I forgot to tell my mom goodbye. And I didn't tell her I love her. And so, thank God for the Spirit of God. The most beautiful thing of the Holy Spirit is if we would settle and listen 
and let him come on and in and through. And we would have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to us individually, to us as a couple, to us as a church, to us as a corporate church in the Boise area. He would lead us. He would guide us. He would instruct us. She grabbed the iPhone. She said, well, let's just video it. So she turned on the video. He goes, can you imagine a five-year-old little boy? Hi, Mom. I left today and I didn't tell you goodbye. And I want you to know I love you so, so much. And I just wanted to tell you that. Bye, Mama. He would go with his dad. The parents were separated. They'd go to Disneyland. In three, he was with the dad for three days. And in the middle of the night, he would die of an aneurysm. But yet, that teacher sent that video. And that woman, do you know what kind of horror that would be? Look, God never promised everything would be perfect. He said, I'm not going to take you out of the world, but I'm going to leave you in the world, but you're not of the world. And do not let your heart be troubled. I've already overcome the world. Do you know what that little 30-second, 45-second video did to someone who could lose their mind if something like that happens? That there is a God that's bigger than death and bigger than a situation. Come on. I want God to lead me. I want God to fill me. I want God to put me on. Come on. If you would agree. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Capital Christian. We hope you will stay connected by following us online. To find out more information, visit us at capitalchristian.com.